Great West College Hockey Podcast from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, with Caesars Rewards members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey, follow the Skate and Rebels championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drurians and Suites, travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. Burrito Express, your local burrito joint with six East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey, be a part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates, order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, your next Allegiant Stadium event, or catering your office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. Uh, anywhere that you may be listening to us tonight in the Great West college hockey podcast scott strandy with you tonight from denver colorado my co-host as always stephen marsh joining me from that beautiful vibrant city of las vegas nevada stephen how are you well the skies have been vibrant certainly the uh, <laughs> the lightning and the, the free lightning show we've been getting in the skies uh pretty frequently the last little bit here but uh, i'm getting some rain too but uh, but we are doing good. We're, can you believe it's the middle of August and, uh, you know, in about a month or so, or even less than that, a lot of these ACHA teams will be up and going with camps and getting themselves ready for a season. I, I just can't believe how fast the summer is going by. And the student athletes will become students again. And that will be really something because uh, for the freshmen, you got to adjust to college life and uh, playing a high level of hockey. As you know, the teams that we cover do play a high level of hockey. And, uh, of course, uh, you adjust to uh, all of those different things. And you're right. It gets started in less than a month, basically. Uh, the teams will be on the ice going at it. In the meantime, there's all kinds of stuff going on off the ice, uh, fundraising, um, still some guys signing and deciding to, to, to come and play at particular places. So lots of good stuff. I want to start off with kind of a rough note, uh, kind of a sad note, if I can. Uh, um, I found out last night that uh, there's been a coaching change and a GM change at the uh, University of Oregon. Uh, Riley Orr and, of course, Christian, and I'm drawing a blank on Christian's last name, but uh, their GM, um both uh, have been removed from their positions. Um, I don't know the kind of way to say this. I don't think it was uh, probably the most fair uh, thing that happened. But, uh, you know, um, in business and in sports, sometimes it's not the most fair thing that happens. But decisions are made one way or the other. And um, personally, I thought both Christian and Riley did a fantastic job building that Oregon program. So personally, it's very sad to see them go. 
Um, I, I don't know uh, how Oregon will respond to this. They, their schedule came out, as you mentioned to me yesterday, Stephen, and um, we, we know they have some tough competition. They're moving up to ACHA D1 this year, so they will be in our coverage area. But, um, boy, they have, th- they have uh, it they seems have- tough. Well, let me let me go through some of their games real quick. We'll kind of give them a little bit of a attention here with their schedule. They've got three games against Minot State in Minot in uh, in November. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, they're gonna play. Uh, they're gonna play in Vegas the ninth, the tenth against San Diego State and UNLV. A couple games against Utah in Utah. Uh, they're gonna be in Tempe against Arizona State. Um, they're gonna go to Central Oklahoma, Midland, and. Oklahoma in January. Um, so those are all road games. Now, do they have home games, you might ask? Yes, they do have a few of those. Uh, Colorado for a couple of games in February. Utah for a couple of games in in February. And then San Jose State is, a, I think, a Division II team. So, uh, yeah, and then they have so – it's it's tough. I think they, they don't have a whole lot of home games, it looks like. And that's kind of typical, I think, when a team starts out at, at Division One, If they move up, they're kind of the newbies. Um, you kind of have to prove yourself a little bit. So they have to go on the road a little bit more this this season than, uh, than they will be at home. I think 2, uh, 5, 7, 9, 11, 13, 15 at home. Hey, you can do math on the air. I love it. Two, <laughs> it's just called counting. 2, 5, 7, 9, 11, 14, and 16. Get- well, it's about even, actually. 16, 16 away and six and, and 15 at home. So. And, and here's the thing, kids. If you're, if you're listening to Stephen Count, it does not necessarily go that way. He's getting to the end result, but it's not necessarily 2, 7, 9, 11. <laughs> We normally start and go one, two, three. Anyway, uh, I'm just having yeah, some fun when, with you. Yeah, but when the games are in packets of two or three, then you just kind of you just kind of do that. I know. I'm just talking for the young kids that are listening. So uh, anyway, well, uh, they should not listen to this show if they want math lessons. Now, now, granted, I was a pretty good math student in in school, and I'm proud of that. But it's been a while. I'm probably rusty. But uh, they should, if if, they're, if people are tuning in to get math lessons from this podcast, uh, there's plenty of other podcasts on on uh, all the platforms that can get that. Uh, or a I, I hockey like- podcast, but there's some math occasionally, as we know during, the, especially during the season when we try to figure out the the rankings. That's a lot of math involved that I don't even want to. <laughs> I don't think all the any algebra teacher in the world can can figure out that. <laughs> uh, nope, it's all left to computers, and they figure it out for us. Um, tonight's a continuation because last week uh, we had a great show and we talked about the. Let's see if I get this right. The uh, Maccabee tournament is yes. that what? Remember, did I get it right? McAfee, McAfee, and Maccabee. There we go. Okay, so I got that right. Um, last week we had a great guest that won a gold medal. Do you remember who that was? <laughs> Putting you on the spot. <laughs> Come on, start digging. Uh, anyway, we decided to step it up and bring the captain on from the University of Arizona. Jesse Lowell is joining us tonight uh, to uh, to speak a little bit about that trip. So, Jesse Scott and Steven with you tonight. Thanks Brody so Selman much for was joining who we had us. last week, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Found it. Uh, he got it, Brody <laughs> Selman. Uh, Jesse, uh, Scott, and Steven with you. How are you tonight? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Northbrook, Illinois, is that where you are, or are you back in the uh, the great city of Tucson, Arizona? I am not in Northbrook anymore. I um, I flew out on Monday back to great city of Tucson. So been here a couple of days, been hanging with the guys. It's been uh, it's been a nice week. Okay, so let me get this straight. You are the captain this year, right? I am. 
I uh, love it. Congratulations on that honor. That's a big tradition uh, at Arizona at any school, but certainly at Arizona. So big shoes to fill. Um, tell me a little bit about your career so far at Arizona, and then we'll jump into your uh, your gold medal winning uh, tournament performance. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, captain means a lot to me. I've, uh, I was an assistant captain last year, so I um, got taken under um, the wing of Anthony Cousinelli. He kind of showed me the ropes, and I um, I learned a lot from him and uh, Coach Berman in terms of just being a good leader and what I need to do to be successful in that regard. Um, yeah, so I played a year of juniors in 2018-2019 uh, in the NCDC for the New Jersey Rockets, and then I uh, came out to Arizona that following year. Um, my brother played for um, University of Arizona back in uh, 2009 through 2013, so I kind of already had a some experience down in Tucson, so it wasn't a tough decision for me to also come down here. Okay, so let me jump in on this. Steven's going to jump in here in just a minute, but um, last year I know the season didn't go uh, the way you guys had planned. You made it to the national tournament, and uh, that's always an accomplishment, but you guys are looking for bigger and bolder things. Um, in your estimation, what do you need to improve on this year to, to bring the Wildcats uh, a little bit closer to that national title or maybe take it home? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I know Coach Berman's bringing in some uh, really strong players for us, so I know that'll help a lot. Um, you know, there's not there's not anything crazy we need to improve on. I think just as a team, we we got to have a a solid mindset going into the season. You know, we're definitely um, we're definitely an underdog. We got to treat every game like it's um, like it's a national tournament, like it's a national championship. We got a really good schedule coming up. We're really excited about it. So. Um, yeah, like I said, there's really not anything crazy we need to focus on. It's just, you know, playing good hockey, playing hard, and um, focusing on those little things. All right, before Steven jumps in, do you have a Canadian sitting next to you by chance or no? Um, I don't. He's actually next door to me. We um, okay. we got a little hockey house uh, on one of the uh, nice streets in Tucson. Okay. So he's, uh, he's about 50 feet away, not in the same house, though. So. I didn't want to poke him too hard if he was sitting next to you. But anyway, um, Stephen, go ahead and take it away if you got a couple of questions for Jesse. Yeah, uh, Jesse, so let's before we get into your performance over there in, in, in Israel, let's talk about the uh, roster makeup. So you, you've mentioned you're kind of seeing some of the, the players that Coach Berman is bringing in for, for this season. I guess um, how exciting is that uh, and maybe what you've, know of the players that he's bringing in and and how excited to have that uh, as part of your guys' team next season. Yeah, um, I was actually just uh, with Coach Berman and the uh, the other captains at the rink. We were uh, just going over some housekeeping stuff. We were looking at the, the depth chart on the board in his office, and um, it's just great to see. You know, you love seeing all the line matchups up there and seeing who works best with who. And, um, you know, we got a lot of size up front this year in terms of our new guys, so – that's always great. Um, Coach Berman tried to emphasize that in his recruiting, as he mentioned to me, that he's just trying to get some uh, bigger players. And we're always emphasizing, you know, guys who are physical and stuff like that. So uh, definitely bringing in some big players, which is nice. And now when do you, when do you guys hit the ice? Uh, I know it's, it, it's a little bit of a challenge for you guys this, this time of year, but when, 
when can you uh, when do you guys get together as a team and if that hasn't happened already and and maybe when when do you think you might be able to get some ice time in and start preparing yeah it, it's always a little bit up in the air with yeah. the tcc the tucson convention center so right. um we're hoping sometime mid-september we're um we're just waiting on confirmation from them so Jesse, uh, let's dig into what you did this summer because uh, we had Brody on, and, and I teased Stephen a little bit. I wanted to make sure if he remembered his name, but <laughs> we had Brody on last week, and he gave us a little insight uh, into the trip. But I want to get your insight to it. Uh, it's obviously a great honor anytime you can wear the red, white, and blue and play for your country, no matter what. But um, what was it like? Take us through that trip, first of all, getting over to Israel and, and what you experienced while you were there. Yeah, it was um, it was a really cool experience, and um, it was nice having a teammate from Arizona to play with too. You know, I mean, going into a brand new team in a whole new country, you don't really know many guys. It's always um, a little nerve wracking. So it was nice to have Brody there with me. Um, but kind of the the layout of the trip was we we were there for about three weeks. And the first week we kind of went around and toured, um, had a couple of practices mixed in. So that was cool to just go around the country with our team and experience the different sites. I actually was in Israel in May with some friends through this uh, organization called Birthright. So it was my second going in the summer. So it was kind of nice having a different approach to it since I had already been there. Um, but after that week of touring, we, um, we moved to Jerusalem where the games were and we, um, you know, started uh, ramping up our practices and got ready for the game. So it was um, it was nice kind of getting a mix of hockey and, you know, the culture and our religion, which is something that's very important to me and my family. So overall, great experience. Now, did, did your, how did your, did your family get to, to, to watch it in person or did they have to watch from afar? And then how and how much in communication were you with you with your family during the whole experience? Yeah, um, I'm very lucky. I come from. A great family. My parents are very supportive. They actually uh, came down to Israel and watched the games. And uh, <laughs> if you ever get a chance to talk to my dad, you know, he, he loves hockey. He doesn't miss a game down here in Tucson. <laughs> They're flying out every weekend to come watch. He, uh, he absolutely loves it. And it, it means a lot to me that he's that supportive. Okay, so you get on the ice down there. Um, were things different? We asked Brody this. Was it different, or did it feel the same when you got on the ice? Was hockey was hockey, and you were competing and wanting to win like you do at the University of Arizona? Um, yeah, no, you you hit it on the head. Our um, our coaches prepared us very well. They they took it very seriously. We um, we had a lot of meetings to go over film and whatnot. Um, so it it was nice having that you know in season um, aspect to my summer of you know preparing and getting ready mentally and then also playing in games to get in good shape. So it was, um, it was awesome. Kudos to our coaches and, you know, the whole staff for getting us prepared for that. And, and how beneficial can that be for you or, or maybe as, 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 a, as a Arizona perspective that, you know, you played over there, you got to be around a, a, a coach there and, and learn from him and then play together over there. And then you come back to Arizona, maybe you take some things that you, you gain from there and can, can feed it with the, some of the players on Arizona and, and for yourself to actually have some competitive hockey in the summer as you go into this season? Yeah, it's, it's very beneficial. I think you can um, you could gain new uh, insight on the game with every tournament, every game you're playing. So um, it was even nice, you know, um, training back home in Chicago leading up to the Maccabi games and then 
going over there to play to see how that training uh, paid off for me. And, um, you know, it was kind of like a nice little mini training camp for the season. So, I mean, I know Brody mentioned he had, he played in the Maccabi games and then he was home for a couple of days and then came out to Tucson. Um, I was back home for about a week and then I came out here. So it was just, it was a great experience, especially getting us ready for the season. Jesse, we know hockey's played around the world, but um, probably the first thing you don't think of is uh, a, a tournament in Israel, unless you've been following this. And it continues to grow, right? I mean, you guys had a bunch of fans there, and the players and the quality of play continues to get better and get better in the Jewish community. But um, tell us about getting there. How, how hard was it to fly over there? And, and uh, what was it like when you, uh, when you got there? Did you, did you need some time to get your legs and all that good stuff? Yeah, um, getting there was fun, you know. We uh, we took a pretty early flight out of uh, Newark in uh, New Jersey. It was, uh, it was a 12-hour flight direct from Newark, Newark to Tel Aviv, which is one of the big cities in Israel. Um, so, you know, I mean, with those long flights, it's just it's kind of a mindset. You just got to get through it. You know it's going to suck. Um, so the, the flight wasn't terrible. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't the best, I'll tell you that. But... Uh, once we got there, it was, it was pretty smooth sailing. I mean, they, they really prepared us to understand, like, it's a very different country. Things go a lot slower. So they wanted us to know that it's just, nothing's going to really go well. You know, I mean, right when we got there, we had to wait a while for our bags. And then we kind of, it was kind of just like a rampage of throwing stuff together. We put our bags on a truck and then kind of just scrambled to get to our hotel but, um, you know, once we finally got settled in after that first day, it, it was pretty smooth. Um, the, the time difference, obviously, is um, pretty drastic. It's about eight hours from Chicago. So I think we um, I think we skated like the second day we got there, like 6 a.m. <clears throat> and um, it was kind of smart of them because it was it was like nighttime back home. So I give props to them for that scheduling. Okay, so you get there, you start competing in the games. Was the competition what you expected, or did you uh, have any expectations of what the teams would be like that you were playing? Obviously, uh, with Duke being on Team Canada, you knew probably a little bit about that, but uh, everybody else that was playing in that, uh, did, did, were they what you expected? Yeah, it, it was pretty much what we had uh, expected. Um, you know, I think this was like, maybe the seventh Maccabi games where ice hockey went on. It's always the U S versus Canada in that gold medal game. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of back to what you learn as a young hockey player, just to never underestimate anyone. You never know who you're playing. So that was kind of something we focused on as we played team Israel and then the Maccabi Europe team. Um, they weren't the best, but you know, you got to treat it like any other game, whether you're playing Canada or those guys. So all in all, it's just, you know, kind of back to what I said about, you know, learning that um, that stuff about insight and experience is just can't underestimate anyone, whether it's a weaker team or a really good team. So, And, and was it weird playing against a, a teammate of yours in, in Team Canada with Duke being in Canada and you guys being in the United States team? Was, was there any uh, was a friendly competition between the two, uh, the three of you? And, and was how, how was that? Yeah, it, it was fun. It was fun, um, you know, messing around in warm-ups, but uh, we tried to take it pretty seriously once the puck dropped. And, um, you know, we're all we're all competitive hockey players. So, you know, what happens between the whistles happens, whether it's, um, it's some stuff after the whistle or even, you know, 
getting uh, getting a hit during the play. So it's uh, it's always fun playing against your teammates. You, you grow up playing against guys you know, so it was it was nice playing against Duke. Okay, you end up playing them for the uh, the gold medal, and you guys end up taking the gold medal home. Um, what was it like to be able to have that put around your neck, and uh, how long did you wear that thing? Yeah, it was super cool. That gold medal game had about 8,000 people uh, attending, and um, it was just an awesome experience. Getting that gold put around my neck was very cool. I mean, not many people can say they want a gold medal. I know it's for us, it's a little bit different with the Maccabi games, but, you know, still just so cool to have. I know it's hanging up in my uh, my room right now back home. So it it's it's cool to see. I didn't I didn't wear it that much after the night. I know we uh we all wore our medals and jerseys out to the the club that we went to afterward, which was cool. But after that, it was uh it was tucked in the backpack, kept it safe on the flight home, and then you know hung it up in my room. So that was uh it was a great experience. I mean we're we're lucky enough to play in such a great atmosphere in Tucson, where we you know you play ASU and you get twenty five hundred thirty five hundred people in the crowd. So it was um, it was a little bit funny when our coach was kind of trying to prepare us for that game and saying how you've never played in front of a crowd like this. And I kind of chuckled to Brody and I was like, I mean, we have a few times, so <laughs> it's nothing we haven't seen. So it was kind of funny. So let me ask you this uh, as kind of a follow up to that. Um, you get the gold medal. And like I said before, uh, just wearing the red, white and blue, it's got to be something to be proud of. But what what was the reception like when you got back? Did did people in Illinois realize uh, what you had accomplished, and um, what was the hometown vibe like, if you could? Yeah, um, you know, a lot of congratulations. It was uh, cool showing that to friends and family. They all understood how uh, cool of an opportunity and how cool it was to, you know, win in the Maccabi games. It's uh, especially back home in my community. It's we have a pretty Jewish community. So a lot of people know about the games. So, um, you know, I mean, a lot of close friends and family were really supportive. So that was great. I want to ask you one going back to your experiences being over there and, yeah. and going there. You obviously now have been there a couple of times in the last few months. What was your favorite part about being over there in that part of the country? What was what, like when you, when you knew you were going to be going over there, um, you know, the two times that you got to go, like, what were you excited to, to be able to, to see? Yeah. Um, so the, the first time we went, I just, I had no idea what Israel was about since I had never been there. So, um, you know, just kind of taking everything in that first, uh, that first trip was cool. I mean, going to, uh, the Western wall, which is a very holy place was just, you know, breathtaking. You get to, um, put a little note in the wall and it's, uh, you know, whatever you want to write, whether it's about family, friends, or even just saying like a little prayer. It was, it was really meaningful to me to be able to, you know, um, write something about my family and friends and just put that in a very sacred place. So I would say the wall was really special. Um, I got to go there twice, obviously, since I went um, both trips. And then probably my second time around, uh, kind of like I said earlier, it was just cool already having the insight of Israel and kind of just knowing what goes on and, you know, especially with playing hockey, you know, we're such characters of habit. It was, it was nice going in there, at least like knowing about the food, knowing about everything else. So, I mean, definitely in terms of the hockey aspects, that gold medal game was just amazing. 
Well, you mentioned the keyword there, uh, key, a keyword there, food, and Scott asked, I think, Brody this when he was on, but uh, what was it like going over there and the food there? It's it's quite different than obviously in the in the states. And, and how did it, how did it, how did you adjust to that? Yeah, it was funny. I listened to uh, Brody talk. I know he said they don't have pizza, which I gotta call him <laughs> out. That is not true. Israel does have pizza. It's not bad. I promise. Um, you know, it, Israel is just like that Mediterranean style food. So I mean. I think the, the tough thing with some people is if you don't like that food, you kind of uh, just got to deal with it because that's pretty much what they have is all that, like the cucumber salad and stuff like that. I know Brody mentioned that I took him to uh, get some food that he didn't like. So that, that was <laughs> funny having a laugh. I was I was hoping he would like it as much as I did, but I guess uh, he's just going to stick to chicken and rice for the season. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, let's uh let's let's turn back now to uh to leading this team at the University of Arizona. And before we get to that, I want to ask you about this new facility because um that'll start breaking ground and, and get under construction during your season this year. And um with your brother having played there a few years ago, um, and now you playing there, uh how important do you think that's gonna be to continuing to build wildcat hockey? Yeah, it's it's super important. I mean, we're we're so lucky to have this atmosphere we do in Tucson. I mean, it's it's treated like a D one uh, NCAA program with Coach Berman and how how hard he works. So, and then even beside from that, I mean, just playing in the TCC is just it's amazing. So, um, it's you know it's it's important to, to keep building. They're um, they're going to be really lucky to play in such a cool rink in a couple of years. So I'm just. Um, I'm excited for those guys, and I'm excited to be, uh, you know, an alumni and come back to see uh, the great things that they're doing when that rink's built. Do you, do you feel a little bit like uh, of jealous of what the future holds? You know, with the with the players uh, f- five years down the road, or how long it takes to to play there, and when you're not going to get an opportunity to play as a player, but you say you're going to go back as an alumni and, and and be part of that whole experience. Yeah. Um... I wouldn't say I'm jealous. You know, I'm I'm just so appreciative for having the opportunity to play college hockey, especially play at Arizona. I mean, like I said, all the amazing things we have here, you, it's really second to none. I mean, it's a great college experience away from hockey. And then on top of that, just all the amazing things we have for hockey. It's it's just a blessing. So, I mean, I'm happy for the, the incoming guys in a couple of years that are going to get to play there. And I mean, the TCC is really not a bad spot to have. So, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to closing out that place for the program. Okay, let me ask you this about the schedule because uh, I don't think coaches completely let it out of the bag yet who you're playing and when you're playing, but a few of them, like I know about that trip to Michigan, and uh, I know that he's stepping up the competition. So as the captain of the squad this year, um, are you excited that uh, the competition has stepped up even more because your your conference right now is, I think, the best in ACHA D1 hockey anywhere bar none. But um, getting a chance to go play Adrian on the uh, third night of three games, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I would agree with you. The conference is great this year. I mean, every team is bringing in a lot of good recruits. So we're just we're just excited to have that competition out here in the West. Um, I, I, I wish I could talk to you guys about the schedule a little bit more. Uh, we're, we're hoping to release it Friday with a lot of exciting teams on there. That Michigan trip is going to be great. Um, I'm just really excited to get over there and play Dearborn and you know, get a second crack at them because that that taste is still there after the, the national tournament. <laughs> I, I stayed um, away from that purposely, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no worries, we can talk about that. Um, 
Yeah, no, we're, we're really excited to go on that Michigan trip. It's going to be a great experience going over there to play Dearborn for two and then get a crack at Adrian. I mean, they're, they're both great hockey programs, so we really can't wait to get over there. Okay, let me uh, welcome in Duke Litwin, uh, another Arizona player. Duke, Scott, and Steven are with you, and of course your uh, your teammate Jesse Lowell with me. So how are you tonight? Can you guys hear me? Loud and clear, loud and clear. How are you? Doing very well. Just uh, got to Tucson yesterday, so settling in and uh, all's well. All right. I, we asked Jesse already about this trip uh, to Israel. Um, coming from Montreal to Israel, <laughs> give us a little thumbnail about what it was like for you and uh, being a part of Team Canada. So um, this actually was my second time playing in these games as I played for the uh, under-18 team in 2017. And my father actually played on the Masters team, the over-40, in 2017. So that was uh, an experience on its own. But this time around was definitely a lot uh, different. And I enjoyed it a little bit more because I got to play against uh, my two roommates. So it was uh, it was a great experience. Okay, so let me uh, let me follow that up by saying Jesse's told us a little bit about the food. We we dug into that right away. Um, what were your thoughts on the food in Israel? Did you like it? And and did you find pizza? Because uh, Brody told us he couldn't find pizza there. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the hotel food definitely got old after the second or third day. But I mean, I love I love shawarma, I love halal. So any chance I got to go into the street and go get some food, it definitely uh, it definitely was a lot better than the hotel. But I found some pizza. There's actually I'll give a quick shout out in Tel Aviv. The place it's called Tony Vespa. If you're ever in uh, Tel Aviv, that's the spot to go. Uh, Jesse, he won up you on that one. He had the name of it even. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh he's quite experienced in Israel, so I'll I'll give him that one. I actually without Duke, I actually wouldn't have played in the Maccabi games. Our freshman year, he um he told me one day, he's like, Yeah, I played in these Maccabi games, you gotta try out and you now I have Duke to thank for uh that experience. Okay, Duke, back to you and uh, and your trip over there. Um, so you're a seasoned veteran, but uh, you're playing with Team Canada. You got Team USA. You got Team Europe. Uh, you got you got these other teams that you're competing against. Was it what you expected, uh, quality wise, or did you really have no expectations? Well, to be honest, I thought that my team would have been a little bit more competitive. We. Um... We were missing a couple guys that uh, dropped out in the last week. I know we had a KHL guy and an AHL guy, but uh, I thought that the talent, I actually was surprised of how good Israel was. They they definitely got better over the last couple of years, but um, the U.S., uh, they're a really strong team, and uh, maybe not number 18 and 20, but they're, they're a really strong team. And, and how, how was that like, what was that like playing against not only just players that, at the ACHA level that you had there or just the different levels of, of players that you had on, on your team or other teams that you were competing with, just have that kind of hodgepodge of different, uh, different skill sets of, of the players and, and coming together. Well, for us, it was, uh, it was interesting because we had some kids who were 18 years old and some junior players. And then we had like, for example, my captain plays in one of the German leagues and he was like 32 years old. But I guess the, the coolest part about, the level wasn't so the level that had to be that everyone was Jewish. And it's a, uh, it's a pretty cool feeling just to see that a religion with less than 1% of the world has all these athletes that come together and 
play in front of a crowd. It's uh, and to see the sport growing ever, ever since 2017 when I was there, it's only uh, getting bigger. So I guess just all this talent going to Israel is super, super good for the country and definitely good for the program out there. And and how proud was it? Because uh, we we heard about eight thousand for the for the gold medal game. So to have the that kind of crowd uh, for this sort of thing and, and event and and championship game at the, at that uh, that's got to feel pretty pretty cool too. Be part of that. Yeah, I mean it's it's at least for myself it's once in a lifetime. So I don't think uh, unless we could pack the TCC to ten thousand, which I hope so that we could do this year. But it was uh, it was super special and. Again, to just look around to see that it's a it's like a comforting feeling to see everyone in Israel just enjoying hockey and just to provide the entertainment for these people. It's uh, like I said, it's once in a lifetime. And if I could do it again, I, I definitely would. Duke, everybody talks about the West in uh, the United States and they say, you know, uh, for a long time, it was known as not really a hockey place, and uh, people are proving it wrong over and over again. Austin Matthews, obviously from Arizona, and um, and other guys that have that played well there. And now you're at uh, the University of Arizona, but um, when you think of Israel, it's probably not the first thing that comes to your mind is uh, ice hockey. Uh, what was it like uh, for the fans? Obviously, there was a bunch of them, and for the people there, did they did they fully understand what it was all about and and the games itself? Yeah, I mean, you would be surprised to see the amount of just kids wearing hockey jerseys at the time. And I think they're trying to promote, obviously, it's a it's an expensive sport and there's only four or four usable hockey arenas in Israel. But like I said, it's like, the talent is definitely getting better. There was an Israeli who went first overall in the OHL draft, David Levin, a couple of years ago, and his brother's coming up. So it's... Uh, I don't know if the entire crowd knew what they were watching, but it was it was loud enough that they it seemed like they understood. And of course, you get the gold medal game against uh, your teammates and the red, white, and blue of the United States. And um, was it bittersweet, or did you look for that competition and go like, you know what, um, somebody from the University of Arizona is coming home with a gold medal, and somebody's coming home with silver. Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely have uh, got it rubbed in my face a little bit, but I probably, <laughs> I, I probably would have done the exact same thing if I was in, uh, if I was in their shoes. But it was really cool to just play again. I mean, just to, it's it's hard to not smile when I see Jesse and Brody in warmups, and uh, it was a really cool experience that we got to do with the three of us. And as bitter as the rivalry is for Canada and USA, I mean, we play against each other. And then the coolest part is that we're staying at the same hotel. We'll hang out at night. So it was really awesome to do this experience with both of them. From your experience playing with this, uh, this team Canada that you'd got to do over there, uh, with the coaching staff that you've got to learn from and, and be a part of and the other teammates, uh, what, anything you picked up there that you hope that you can bring back to Arizona and the Wildcats this season and just, you know, to be able to get some games under your your belt this summer as you, you prepare for the for the upcoming ACHA season? Well, I definitely think my conditioning had to begin a little bit earlier in the summer when it came to coming to these games. But I guess the main takeaway is that um, no matter what, just representing your country on an international stage, you, you, you have the sense of pride. And we definitely have a sense of pride in our locker room. And it's uh, – it's something that I guess the intensity of a gold medal game that you want to bring to every game. So 
I guess uh, we'll just set the standard game one during the regular season. No secret that you guys have the best conference in uh, ACHA D1 hockey. I don't think uh, uh, anyone will really argue that, especially with the uh, the way you guys performed at the national tournament, the entire conference. But um, when you look at it now, um, how excited are you for this season when you have a chance to uh, do battle again? And uh, the, the second part of that question is, um, how nice is it to be back to somewhat normal after the COVID stuff? Well, I think that we all have a bitter taste in our mouth about our last game against uh, Michigan. And I think just after this game, we're all hungry and we know that every team also got better, but so do we. But it's all about from this point now, getting together as a team, putting in the work and setting the foundations for the year. And uh, I'm sorry, what was the second question? How how nice is it to be back to somewhat normal after the uh, ridiculous pandemic <laughs> time that everybody had to go through uh, wherever you were at? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely nice. I mean, coming from Canada, I guess the laws were extremely different. And I was coming from curfews, a 9 p.m. curfew in Quebec, and a lot of restrictions. Like, for example, I was in the building for the Canadians game, and there was only 2,000 people in the playoffs. So... The fact that it's back to normal and just to see people enjoying their social lives again and not really living in fear is uh, is a good thing. And I guess you see that more in America than Canada, but um, I spent the majority of the pandemic in America. So I think uh, I'm a little bit more fortunate to, than the Canadians up north. At any time during the pandemic, uh, Duke, did you think... Um, Gosh, I, I didn't realize that my livelihood, the thing that I love to do most, play hockey, um, could be taken away from me that quickly. I mean, Stephen and I were just talking because we started our podcast the uh, uh, the week before the national tournament was canceled uh, of that year. And uh, we were going like, well, how can this be happening? <laughs> and then we watched a year and a half go by where, where games weren't being played. And I, I'm just always curious to ask players now is, uh, do you feel – a little bit different about wow th this could really happen uh well you definitely keep it in the back of your head that it could happen again but um over the covid year i looked at it with the mentality is that i think a lot of people had it worse than just missing hockey and although it sucked and it's the one thing that we love to do um i just that was my perspective but now that it's over with it's just it's awesome that you could feel a sense of freedom in a way. And uh, I just, I just hope that nothing pops up again. All right. We'll look ahead now to the season up upcoming. We, we know you've talked about the, the loss to Michigan Deer Dearborn in the tournament and, uh, and getting there. Uh, but, you know, before that, a couple of seasons prior, I guess the season before the pandemic, there was the, uh, you guys had won the WCHL. Of course, now it's more competitive. Um, so I guess the, 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 the health of the league has gotten better. Uh, so what, if, what is the biggest thing you guys have to do this upcoming season? Maybe there's multiple things, but just maybe one big thing that you guys need to do to be able to compete in and have a chance to win that WCHL title to actually go to the national tournament and win at least a game there, but to try to make a run there in the, in the national tournament. I think, like I said earlier, it starts with, getting all the boys on the same page early before the season starts. But um, 
it's all about playing a full 60 minutes. And I thought that last year at times we were a little bit inconsistent and we weren't really playing like ourselves. And I know that we have the right pieces to get back to where we should be like I, like we were in our freshman year. And I'm very confident that given this leadership group and just this team so far, I, I, I really think the sky's the limit for us. All right, I'm going to give you both a chance to uh, to go in on this one, but I've known Coach Berman since his very first days at uh, the University of Arizona, and uh, him and I talked about what he wanted to do with the program, and I think it's getting so close right now, but if you could give us a maybe a, a statement or two about Coach Berman, his coaching style, and what he means to, uh, to hockey in Tucson, and certainly at the University of Arizona. Duke, we'll start with you. Well, I think the best thing about Coach Berman is that he wears his heart on his sleeve and it's definitely something that you want to play for. And it's, it's, it's a genuine care for all of his players. And for example, my Coach Berman texts me all summer, how am I doing? How's Israel doing? Calls me after the games, gives me his thought. And it's not like a hands-on approach that's annoying. It's it's because you know that he, he cares about you and he cares about the team and it makes it really easy to just give it all for coach and we're just like I said we're just excited to get going it's it's going to be a really good year well that was incredible Jesse you got a tough one now you got to follow that one up good luck (laughs) I'll try (laughs) he's coming Uh, for your gold medal it looks like I'm talking about coach (laughs) I'll be like happy Gilmore stealing his gold medal (laughs) (laughs) um yeah uh try not to reiterate what Duke said because I know we share a similar opinion on it it's just he has this amazing passion for our team and for this program and it just it makes you feel so special to be a part of it because he just cares so much um one funny story is that game against UNLV last year when uh we had some crazy refs and uh Burns got thrown out of the game I had a concussion so I was out that game and I remember sitting in the corner with him and we uh, we tied the game up uh Hull scored a late goal and me and him were just jump into the sky in excitement it's just things like that he just loves the program and he will do anything to win so it's great to play for him yeah i want to ask about that for a second that was kind of a a strange uh scenario because of course coach berman right now he's the only guy that coaches you guys and he's the only he doesn't have any assistance or anything so uh he got kicked out late in that game and and so there was no coach behind the bench. So uh, the players had to defend for themselves and the, and the captains, I guess, ran the show. So that was kind of funny that, in, in, that you got to be right next to him there on, on outside the, the ice there. But um, what was, have you ever seen anything like that where you, you had to play, you didn't play, but this, the team in general had to play without a coach behind the bench. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious being, uh, being in the corner with him. Uh, he was, <laughs> our trainer was on the bench. He was sending her line matchups for the overtime. And, um, <laughs> I mean, I can't speak for the guys on the bench. I think she was showing uh, Anthony Cusinelli the phone or he called the trainer and then gave the phone to Coos. Um, but I believe it was one of those two. I know Brody <laughs> talked about it a little bit last week. But, yeah, that, that was a crazy experience. It was, it was just all chaos. Um, it was a shame we didn't get the win that night. But it was it was pretty funny to look back on. Okay, I have a big comment, uh, and this will be the last one for me, guys, and that we definitely appreciate you coming on and talking hockey with us. So if you guys can both answer this one, too, we'll start with Jesse on it. But um, 
Uh, when I look at ACHA hockey, and I was telling you I met Coach Berman um, when we started this company seven years ago, and he was just taking over the program there. And I looked around and I said, oh, wow, is ACHA really what I want to cover? And now when Stephen and I talk about this in the podcast, we go, ACHA is really what we want to cover. Uh, it's completely different because you guys have stepped it up. Um, and, and when I say you guys, I mean the, the classes before you and everything over the last you know, five to seven years. And it's really taken almost like a, an NCAA approach, hasn't it? Jesse, we'll start with you. Yeah, for sure. I know. I mean, in all, all cross hockey, they're talking about growing the game. And I mean, just for the ACHA, how much it's grown. Um, I, I think a lot of people are misunderstood in terms of the ACHA. I don't really think they understand how good of hockey it is. So, I mean, like even in terms of recruiting, when we're trying to get kids to come out here and just have them understand that they're playing some legitimate college hockey, it's important. So it's it's really fun to be a part of. I mean, like we talked about, the conference is going to be great this year. It's a lot of experienced junior players, and it's definitely going to be a, a tough season. So it's awesome how much the game has grown, especially in ACHA. Duke, kind of your thoughts on that. But I, I tell people when I travel that, because uh, I cover NCAA as well, and sometimes I can't tell the difference between an ACHA D1 team, a well-run one, and uh, an NCAA team because you guys travel with matching sweatsuits and and uh, team bags and and you look like a unit and I fully believe that if you look good off the ice you're probably going to play pretty well on the ice. Yeah, well, I definitely think we do have the best swag and gear in the league. So thank you for that. <laughs> and um, like I said, uh, like I said earlier, I mean, when I came uh, to the U.S., I really had no idea how good of a league that this was going to be, and. Um, I was shocked when I got here right away about how good the talent was. And I think, like you said, as the years have gone on, it's just getting better and better. And now nearly every single, every single team in our conference is competitive. So it's uh, like Jesse said, it's going to be a fun year and um, we're definitely coming back for, uh, for revenge this year. Guys, we definitely thank you for spending some time with us tonight. Congratulations again on winning medals. Anytime you can win a medal, it doesn't matter uh, to me whether it's gold, silver, bronze. Uh, a medal is a medal. Playing for your country is special. Playing for your religion is even more special. So thanks for spending some time with us tonight. Best of luck uh, with the Wildcats, and we'll catch up to you, I promise, during the season. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. That's uh, Jesse Lowell and uh, Duke Litwin, the uh, – the two Arizona Wildcats that uh, uh, were able to join us tonight tell us uh, some life stories. So Stephen and I will be back in about two minutes to wrap up another episode of the Great West College Hockey Podcast. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Your hometown hockey team, your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. 
your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates? You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. Your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong. See if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Indeed it is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Denver, Colorado. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, another uh, another great show with two great guests who gave us some really good insight, Only not only to the University of Arizona, but the uh, Maccabi games. Um, <laughs> I'll never get that right. It's either, I guess you can say it either well, way, but either they're way, both yeah. saying Maccabi, so Maccabi, yeah. I'm going to go with that. Um, okay. But anyway... Um, as we uh, as we found out, uh, playing hockey in Israel is definitely possible. These guys uh, proved it. They had a lot of fun doing it. But they're also wildcats through and through. So kind of what did you take away from the conversation with uh, Duke Litwin and Jesse Lowell? Yeah, I kind of got that same vibe, too. They, they, they love the experience of going over there, and each of them you know, had similar but you know, differences in their experiences, obviously. Um, with Duke, especially who'd been over there and competed in kind of 
tournaments like that before um, at, at, a, at a younger age. So he's, and then you have somebody like we had last week, Brody, this was his first time uh, to Israel. So, uh, and then of course, uh, Jesse tonight, who, who'd been there only a couple months before, and then he'd been there again. So it's, everybody had had a different uh, experience with, with how they competed in this or how they, their experience went. Uh, and, and it's exciting, and it's it's such a proud moment for, for them personally because of, you know, and, and I think we heard about it with everybody being Jewish and everybody being of the same faith coming together and being able to, to play hockey. And he's, and he's right, you know, Jewish is, is a pretty, you know, look at it at the grand scale, it's a pretty small number of people that are Jewish. And I'm sure it's even less in the hockey world if you think about it. And to be able to get everybody of like mind and, and religion together in a tournament like this in the holy land of jerusalem and, and israel it's uh it's certainly cool for them of, of and the people of that faith and and uh for them to be a part of that uh it's certainly uh, a cool experience for for those that were involved including those guys and then to be able to come back back to the states with their medals whether it be gold or silver uh, and to kind of you know be uh proud of that but then Putting it inside, in fact, I, you know, it sounded like uh, Jesse didn't even bring the medal with him to Arizona. It's back in his room in Chicago, and the focus now is is taking what you took from there, whatever that may have been. We heard a little bit of that tonight, and putting it now in focus on Arizona hockey and what we what what they can do and what the whole team can do to uh, have a successful season for the Wildcats to to achieve what they want to achieve this season, which is always the highest of expectations and to be able to certainly do better than they did last season, which we know it could have been a lot better. So, um, yeah, it was, I really enjoyed the, the last two weeks the, we talked with these guys cause, uh, it's always great. It's great to, uh, hear experiences like that. Well, let me tell you what I took away from the University of Arizona aspect. And it all sound like a broken record again, because every time I, I get into this, but I believe in this so much. Um, this time last year, I had a chance to see Denver, uh, the University of Denver that became a, a national champions at the NCAA level. And anybody that would listen to me last August or September, which nobody did, <laughs> let's be honest, nobody would listen to me. Do people listen uh, to I, you now? <laughs> no, no, nobody listens to me now either. But but I said at that time, I said, this team is special and it's different. And the reason wasn't uh, their talent. It wasn't, um, you know, the the skill level that they had. It wasn't the coaching. It was the fact that they were coming together in the middle of the summer on their own, working with the strength and conditioning coach, and, uh, and I was going like, wow, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a team uh, with so much cohesiveness. And as the season went on, I was watching them, and I thought, you know what? This cohesiveness is going to pay off down the stretch. And lo and behold, they win the, the national tournament, and uh, they're treated like kings here in Denver. Uh, they, were, they were brought to every event and every place you could possibly go, I think, in about a one-and-a-half-month period. Um, and then I had a, uh, in uh, some of them, uh, in Michigan when I was there for the NJEC. And I asked uh, all the, the Denver kids, I said, um, kids, uh, they're, they're young men. Uh, but anyway, I asked them to comment about the best thing about winning the national championship. And you know what, Stephen, to a man, they said the best part, despite all the places we went, which were really cool, was being able to do it with my teammates. And I'm going like, how many teams 
can can say that that they're that they're so happy to share it with their teammates and and they said every teammate not just the ones that were in the lineup every day but the guys that were in practice working hard the backup goaltenders all of them were part of the team that helped them win a championship and i get the feel after talking to these three gentlemen over the last two weeks from the university of arizona that there's cohesiveness building in uh, the tcc and uh, whether there's ice or whether they're on uh, the athletic fields or whether in the spin class, whether in the weight room, um, cohesiveness is building. So I, we both asked them several times about what, what would they have to do to uh, win a national championship. And I, I think they both pretty much leaned on that same thought that we need to play 60 minutes. We need to play together as a team. Yeah, and, I, and their experience, those three uh, experiences over there to see how those teams – come together in, in, in a shorter period of time because you just, you know, everybody just comes together and only has some amount of time before you start getting into games and how you come to gel together and work together um, and how important that is. And then you bring it, bring that back and, and try to do the same uh, with your teammates in Arizona or wherever. So uh, that's, that's the, uh, the key. And, and you're right though. I mean, you could have the best skill players in the, in the world and, and there's, Certainly, you need you need the skill, but it's that alone doesn't win you a championship at any level. I mean, we see it in the pro level all the time. The time you know these these teams with uh, whatever sport it may be with these big, high prized uh, athletes being paid a lot of money, and they have all these talent, but they don't end up. You know, it could be an injury or two or other things. They don't win a championship. Sometimes you get a team that's comes together and is just having fun sometimes, and that that can be a big part of it and and but you have some you don't need the best skill players in the world to to win a championship i mean like i said it can, it can help you and it, it certainly plays a part but that alone you you can't buy a championship we that's certainly the case at the pro the pro level and it's certainly at the this the level we cover here at the acha um again it's it's sometimes just it's it's all about how you gel together with with your teammates um, because you're the ones that, you know, whether you want to go out to bat for them and, and you want to do perform well and, and do those things. Well, and, and I want to put kind of a definition, my definition of gel together, come together. Uh, it means the guy that, that will sacrifice his body to block a shot late. It means the yep. guy that will um, be in the locker room picking guys up if, uh, if there's been a down period. It means uh, the guy that, that, will step in for an injured player and uh, take his role equally as uh, serious or responsible. It means um, somebody that can can score the big goal uh, coming down the stretch. It means making that pass to set up that big goal. That's what coming together as a team is. And uh, like you just said, you can have all the skill in the world, but if you can't bring it all together, um, that that skill isn't going to be able to do it because one guy's not going to be able to dominate uh, five other guys on the ice. So you've got to know uh, where your teammates are. You got to trust each other. And I think the the teams that win championships are that way. And I I really think that the University of Arizona learned a lesson last year, and I think they're going to take it out and uh, and start off hot this year. And uh, I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, I think Coach Berman has has shared that about that. Uh, you know, you look at the teams that were in the national champ, uh, the national tournament. Well, the teams that were 
left in the national tournament, the the final four, so to speak. Uh, at UNLV, uh, their their best season at that level uh, last season, and and probably the closest group that they had. Uh, you could just tell being a, being around them a little bit and just hearing you know the coaches talk about the the players or the players talking about other players. Um, there was something different uh, this season, this past season with that team. Um, you know, obviously with players come and go, but just this, the, the way they played and played for each other and, and especially coming off the COVID stuff, which I'm sure played a part of that, just be, the thankfulness of being out there playing again and, and having fun doing it. They, they, they were having fun uh, and, and really were, you know, and sometimes it got them into some trouble, which it happened, some of the players, but that's because they're sticking up for their, their teammates, and I think that's something to be said for that. Central Oklahoma, I mean, they uh, probably even more so for them. I mean, they, they were really, I mean, there's no – there's a reason why they won the WCHL and, and, and went to the, the championship game uh, because what they had to endure the season and, and especially in the tournament and, and, and for the goaltender to have to go through all those minutes and, and games and, and the players just to continue to persevere and, and stick up for each other and, 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 and enjoy what they're doing. Um, I think it's something to be said for that. Obviously Lindenwood winning the chat that they, they uh, obviously, the skill level for them was was a lot higher, but they they had a mission, and they did what they needed to do to accomplish that mission. So, um, if you put your your mind to it, uh, you can you can accomplish it. Uh, you know, not everybody not everybody will, but it depends on your perspective on that. And and so I, I'm excited for what this season's going to bring. And I, I think Arizona uh, is certainly going to be a very very tough opponent. Um, they always are tough, but I think. Uh, I think we'll we'll see a a very different uh, Arizona team uh, this year, no question. Yeah, totally agree with you. Well, we'll end it on on this note. Is that uh, uh, the other thing that I've noticed, uh, and this is a Chad Berman staple. Um, they're not talking about excuses. They're not talking about why we didn't do something or things that happened to us that caused us to not win a championship or not go as far as we wanted to. They didn't even talk about the fact that they don't have ice until mid-September, and we know that other places have ice year-round. Uh, they don't talk about any of that being a distraction or or uh, a negative thing around their program. All I heard from all three of these guys over the last two weeks was, hey, we love it here, um, and we're ready to go, and we'll play anybody, any place. So, uh, again, a big thank you to uh, Coach Berman for arranging to have those three on over the last couple of weeks. It was our uh, certainly our pleasure to visit with them. And um, you know what? Uh, we got more to talk about, but we'll save it for next week, and um, we'll uh, we'll move on. Take it away, my friend. Yeah, uh, one note. Actually, we'll we'll we can mention this again next week. But uh, UNLV's golf thing is coming up uh, next Friday out at uh, Revere here. Locally. Friday or Thursday? Oh, uh, I think it's on a Friday. I think it's uh, Friday, okay. August twenty sixth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just and that's coming up. And then one thing about the ASU women, I have a email that they sent out, and they're having uh, actually probably as we speak or, or earlier today or whenever it was because they had some tryouts uh, today, August 17th. So um, we'll have more for that, but uh, I'm sure they'll have more from that. And then uh, they had a prospect camp recently and, and their schedule's out. So it's uh, it's going to be good. I think next week uh, we kind of tease it a little. We'll kind of kind of maybe go around the horn a little bit, uh, do a little uh, 
Right now we got to go. There's a national. There's a, a, a U- World Junior week. Championship game week. on. So let's I said, go. I said next week we'll kind of we'll, we'll kind of we'll do that. Uh... They're ready to drop the puck. We got to go. Okay. <laughs> From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes. Show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, uh, this is barbecue, Las Vegas style. And, of course, they've got their new Henderson location. Uh, Drury Inn and Suites, our quality and value, have earned us 16 straight J.D. Power Awards. Book your stay at drurihotels.com. Liberty University, strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at liberty.edu and by Burrito Express. Authentic Mexican food fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. And I go back to what I said. There, basically, we have there's so much we can talk about, and we will continue to do so as we get ready for the season because uh, there's no shortage of stuff happening, uh, even though there's no game still. Yeah, don't make me miss the first face-off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, uh, the World Juniors coming up. Our thanks to the University of Arizona uh, Wildcats and uh, both Brody Selman, uh, Jesse Lowell, uh, the gold medal winners, and, of course, uh, Duke Litwin, the uh, the silver medal winner, for uh, taking time over the last two, two weeks to uh, to join us here on the Great West College Hockey Podcast. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody. <laughs>